This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have second principal violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny, and a special guest this morning, a senior from Toledo School for the Arts, Jose Martinez, who is interning with the TSO this week. Hello, Jose. Hello, Glad to have you here. Thank you for you having me. You had no idea that we were going to put you on the radio, did you? I did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, the interning at TSO. What, do you, what, what are your expectations for this week, Jose? Uh, so I have a project plan for, um, that I'm going to be working on this week. So um, I'm more so getting myself Do you know ready. what it is yet? Uh, kind of. It's going to be more so, uh, I think, planning, kind of building an audience but it kind of involves this the concept no, that's there, this Friday. There is no kind of building an audience. Oh. <laughs> you, you build an audience or you don't, right? Yes. It's the Yoda thing. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> so we're going to be building an audience. Felicia, I commend you for bringing in a ringer to build the audience. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is, this is our solution. <clears throat> well, yes. what, Outstanding. What, Jose, what is your number one piece of advice for getting an audience in to see a classical concert? Um... Have you seen a classical concert? <laughs> I have not seen the classical concert from the 70s yet. This will be a fun week. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> All right. But you're a cellist. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I've, I've seen a classical concert okay. from the symphony. Good, 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 good. Yes, yeah, okay. that's what we were yeah. going for. Yes, that okay. was the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I have that then, yes. All right, Jose. Yeah, nice talking with you. Anyway. <laughs> Brad, no, did you gonna... just give him the hand? No, yeah, no, no. You, did. you just we're, gave we're him gonna, the hand. We're going to bring Jose in, in on all of this here because we do have a theme for today, and that theme is centered on a concert that's happening this Sunday, Chamber Concert. Is this the last Chamber Concert of the season? It, it is, is our final. It is indeed the final Chamber Concert at the Toledo Club this Sunday, April 29th at 7 o'clock p.m. Three pieces of music on here, Bernstein, his dance suite for brass, uh, the Mahler piano quartet, and the Brahms quintet for piano and strings. Now, we thought that this would be kind of an interesting theme to talk about composers that are well-known for their symphonic output, but, you know, they dial it down and have some examples of chamber music, and you're doing this. This is kind of a prelude to the final uh, classics concert that's coming up, right? Can you tell us about that, Merwin? Absolutely. I think we're trying to preview our final classics concert of the year, which also features Bernstein's Serenade and Mahler's First Symphony. Now, Bernstein and Mahler, very, very famous for their large-scale works. In fact, many people don't even know that Mahler wrote a piece of chamber music or that Bernstein had chamber music in his repertoire. So it's mm. a chance for us to kind of feature a lesser-known side and then also to really explore the difference between a composer's chamber music side and their symphonic side. Well, of course, a lot of people know Bernstein's music from, you know, the musicals that he wrote, West Side Story, mm -hmm. and from Broadway mm -hmm. shows and that sort of thing. But uh, something even like the Serenade is not all that well known, but it's a beautiful virtuosic piece of music. And, and the chamber music, too, is a little bit different when you, mm -hmm. if you know Bernstein, you know, it's a little bit different. It's, it's, it always has that kind of sense of dancing to it. And in fact, Absolutely. this piece is called a dance suite. And I can tell you my own personal experience with Bernstein when I was at Tanglewood back in the 1980s, somewhere in there. 
Um, Bernstein was still at Tanglewood and we used to go to different parties with him afterwards and hang around with him. And I remember him talking to somebody, I was, you know, eavesdropping and talking about how he was always dancing, mm-hmm. whether, whether he was moving or mm-hmm. not. And, uh, cause somebody asked him to dance and he said, I don't need to dance. I'm already dancing. And it was just such an interesting, you know, exchange that I heard. And I thought, God, you know, his music always sounds like it's dancing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the great things about this particular suite is it's very short, but each one encapsulates the feeling of movement of a particular person. And that's one of the great things about chamber music is it can be extraordinarily personal. And I think with this particular offering with the Bernstein Dance Suite, it he's referring to specific people and how they move and mm. the dances that he associates with them. And it's, I think it's like a six minute piece, if that, six or seven minutes total yeah. with five, five different movements, but just a very, very fun piece. And, and the choreographers that he's, he's bringing in are, are, are very well known to, uh, to dance fans. So you have George Balanchine, you have, um, well, Jerome for a minute Robbins. there, I thought that you were actually going to choreograph the, the dance suite. Zach is planning to do that on the fly with Jose. Interpretive <laughs> dancing. Yes. Yes. Is that my project? Um, <laughs> Surprise. I mean, you had me, you had me until Balanchine, and then yeah. I thought, no. But, you know, this that would, would be, be an interesting feat. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe for a future concert. But yeah. um, you have Mikhail Baryshnikov in here. You have uh, Jerome Robbins, with whom Bernstein worked on uh, West Side Story. So it's it's really an interesting uh, composition, and it's one of his last. Yeah, I mean, this came from eighty nine, and he died in ninety. Yeah, do I have that right? right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, Zach, they're also doing Mahler, and you're a big Mahler file, as we know. Uh, do you know this this piece, or did you did you yeah. know it before the? Yeah, so I remember when I first heard that there was chamber music by Mahler. I just about <laughs> stopped everything I could do, and 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 there was part of me that was really nervous that this was going to end up being like discovered piano rolls that somebody put a string quartet along to or something that wasn't quite real. Authentic, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and and it was not discovered until later. Uh, I think it was only premiered in the 60s. Uh, But the... um, the the piano trio is by Mahler. It was intended to be uh, a piece of chamber music, and it's just one movement. So many feel that it was supposed to be completed later, and he just never got back to it. I think there were a couple scratches found for a, a second movement of scherzo, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And um, but what we have is this really subtle, beautiful piece. And when we were looking at the the calendar, we thought about ways to tee up the last classics concert like like you spoke of and me being uh, addicted to Mahler you know my first idea was maybe we could sneak this in on the program and Merwin didn't hate the idea so. <laughs> it's always a good start it's always right? a good start yeah and, and it's an interesting opportunity for people who go to the classics concerts and don't necessarily go to all the chamber concerts mm-hmm. because they like the big full-blown experience yeah. maybe, maybe this is a nice way to for them to segue into seeing something a little different i've said it before i think even on this program that when i was when i was in high school and college people would say how great chamber music was but i liked the sound of a big huge late romantic orchestra in all of the colors that were possible there Mm -hmm. and it was only when i was in college and i had a professor who really helped me to see the way on chamber music that i discovered the the subtlety and the the uh, the real um uh intimacy of the repertoire 
allows you to focus in in some of the ways that Merwin was talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. So it's interesting to take these two symphonists who were known for very large, excessive orchestra sizes and pairing them down to just a couple of musicians and, and seeing where those colors are. So I'm very excited for people to discover that. One of the great things is if you if you come to this concert and then go to the Mahler's first symphony, you'll realize that even though Mahler's reputation as this gigantic symphonist is well-earned, he really makes all of the instruments of the orchestra interact in a very chamber music-like fashion. Mm -hmm. I think if you compare him to, say, Bruckner, Bruckner creates these gigantic sound pillars where everybody kind of blends into single chords, and there are just a couple of lines happening at any given time. Sometimes the entire orchestra is doing one line. With Mahler, you have all of this intricate counterpoint that makes orchestral musicians um, think in a very chamber music-like fashion. They're having to listen to multiple lines at a time and mm -hmm. really know where their place is at any given moment. And I think it's a, it's really interesting. I think it will be very interesting for the people who get a chance to hear both the chamber concert and the symphonic concert. I think yeah. they'll really get a new appreciation of Mahler one. Yeah. Jose, are you going to go to both of these concerts? <laughs> I'll be there on Friday. Yeah. For the concerts on Friday. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good answer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's, have, let's do a little quiz here. We're going to have uh -huh. a little what is symphony. This? What are you doing, Brad? This is, this is, we're doing, we're going to do a math game. Okay, so game. that's not Brahms. Okay. No, this is no, also no, no. not really? Mahler. Yeah. This is a, a Toledo Symphony Lab match game. We're going to do a chamber music version. Okay. Wow. Stay with me now. C can I ask what your search term was to find this music? <laughs> very easy, very simple. Anyway, you have a list of eight composers in front of you. I want somebody to read off uh, the composers' names in alphabetical order. Go ahead, Felicia. You can read those off. Brahms, Bruckner, Dvorak. Mahler, Shostakovich, Sibelius, Tchaikovsky, Wagner. <laughs> so the whole gist of this is I'm going to play six samples here. Okay. And so we're playing match game. You're going to write down in order the composers that you think, you know, belong to the, the pieces. A little 30-second excerpts here. So we have more composers than we'll have excerpts. Exactly. There are two... You're uh, a nasty, nasty man. <laughs> there are two spoilers in there as well. <laughs> composers for which we don't have a match. All right. Here we go. This is example number one. Move on to sample number two. Sample number three. 
This one is kind of hard. I don't think it's very well known. And you would not expect it from this composer. Next sample. So far I've started at the beginning of each of these, but this one actually is a, a movement. Fifth movement, I believe, of this piece. Almost there. Just a couple more. Here we go. Next one. And our final sample. <laughs> you better get this one. Okay, wow. there they are. Did you this think that was very tough? I did. <laughs> Horribly. Were this. they easy or no? Or this was very hard. Was it hard? This is very this hard. Was hard. Jose, yeah. You, you weren't looking at the blanks. answers, were you? Yeah, I, <laughs> I have a lot of blanks and question marks on mine. I, yeah, I think I, there's only okay. one that I know for sure. Well, who wants to go first? Not me. I do not. Wait, I'm not. Go. I'm not ready. <laughs> You're not ready. No, what I just took notes on the side. I didn't even write. You didn't write the names down. No. Uh, well, I thought I, I would do it all at the end. Just Hold on. guess. Well, you can do it again. Let's start with Merwin. Go ahead, Merwin. Let's, hear I have, Let's read I, him off. I'm going to strike out incredibly on this. Yeah. Well, all of us. Okay. Well, well who we'll, was we'll the first there. one? Well, at first I had Tchaikovsky, but I don't. But then I it heard something really that sounded much more end. like Tchaikovsky afterwards, because it was. I felt like a cello sonata. I felt it got really modern yeah. too. So it I'm going to go yeah, Wagner. I'm going to guess Wagner. It was a cello sonata. Yeah. Bye. Not Wagner. Who right. thinks? Who? Okay, let's move on. Zach, who do you think uh, did the first? It's not one? Shostakovich. I'm going to go back to Tchaikovsky. Oh, it is Shostakovich. Duh! I'm sorry to say. <sighs> so we got Shostakovich down. The uh, second one. Who can get the second one? Well, this is a no. It was like strings only. It didn't yeah, have it was any. Quartet. Yeah, I'm very lyrical. Lean, I'm going to lean Bruckner on this one. Could I try Bruckner? <laughs> I'm going to lean Brahms on this one. Could I try Brahms? Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Dvorak. <laughs> What's it? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Let me cross out the names we've already done. You know, it's embarrassing when you're intern. <laughs> Not at all. Not gets at all. Answer. It's wonderful. Gets the answer first. Outstanding. What was it? It was uh, Terzetto in C major, Opus 74. That's by. awful. I've yeah, actually played I the piece. Yeah, I would not have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually performed the wow, piece. That's, that's yeah. just not okay. appropriate. That deserves like the, the trombone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, think, I think I do deserve the trombone. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I thought yeah. that's, that's like awful. a tongue wagging. Merwin, I hardly knew ye. <laughs> yeah. So the next one was the piano piece, which piano. was hard. Can anybody get? Maybe you can redeem yourself, Merwin. No, the, the piano piece. Just take a guess. Well, the guess I had was Dvorak, so I'm going to go Sibelius. <laughs> oh my gosh! The guess I had was Brahms, so I'm going to go Brahms. <laughs> well, what do you say, Jose? I guess Brahms. Well, you know that you Brahms know that's is wrong a, yeah. already. Uh, so it, another guess? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you one mulligan. Uh, his name. His name rhymes with. Um, I can't think of any words that his name rhymes with. Uh, uh, like lo- it's close to lager. Wagner. <laughs> Yay! Oh! <laughs> it's not going to sound very good, me saying this, but I actually have three and Wagner written together. I didn't notice it until right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you get half a point for that. It was Piano Sonata in A-flat by Richard Wagner. You know, there's a great story about Wagner. He had a dog who would lay at his feet, and he would try out different chords and things. And if the until dog, the dog approved. If the dog responded, oh. he, he would go with it. Like the, that's how that's he supposed So the dog yeah. composed everything. Basically, <laughs> Didn't yeah. He, was he the composer who also had, like, curtains that he was, like, you know, s- surrounded by, and he had to, like, is, the, is that Wagner who had the velvet plush curtains that inspired uh, him? I don't, i not quite oh. sure on that one. Sounding a little bit more like Holst. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he have his sound chamber that he got hidden in? Oh yeah, yeah. but yeah. I think I think there's something about. This. I wonder if Wagner's dog was named Dogner. Dogner, yeah, yeah. that would be a great. Name I think for I a actually dog. heard about this dog from yeah. uh, a couple of subscribers. Robert Wagner has a story about a dog that would like music, and then I think his dog did not like yeah. Wagner. No Wagner, relation right? though, Wagner and Wagner. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, still have three more examples here. Who, who That's a lot of humiliation one? to keep going. I need somebody else to go first. Uh, the piece that I said was an excerpt. It was. It's a fifth movement, I'll give you that, of a uh, string quartet in D minor. So who could it have been? I'm going to go for Sibelius on this. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Okay. So far, uh, Zach has one and a half points, and Jose has two <laughs> points. <laughs> They you are... seem surprised, Jose. You're like, how did I get two? <laughs> Jose, that lunch we're having on Wednesday is going to be killer. <laughs> they are neck and neck at this point between between the CEO and the intern. This is. I should point out that I was once an intern at the Toledo Symphony. As yeah, was Felicia. There you go. As yes. was Felicia. Merwin yeah. and you? No. I have not been. I mean, an I had pre-tenure. Does that count? <laughs> Well, we only have two composers left, and I think a lot of you know we who do. the final one was. So, so who's the uh, remainder here? Who was number the five? Solo? Was a piano, cello, violin. I think. Yeah, yeah. Also yeah. known as a piano trio. Okay, I don't know if there are I any went, violas that we didn't hear. So I originally had Tchaikovsky for the first one, but then switched to the fifth one. Yay! <laughs> Good job. And Merwin has a point. So one and a half for Zach, one for Merwin, one for Jose. All right. I mean, two Did, for Jose. Sorry, didn't mean to. Short changer there. We need and a recount the, on the, this. The, the, final, the final one. The final excerpt we heard. Mm-hmm. Let's all say at the same time. Ready? One, two, three, go. Mahler. Yay! Okay, so Merwin has two points. Felicia has one point. Zach has 2.5. And Jose has three. Jose is the winner. Are you going of, to buy what's right? Because I did get contest. three right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we going to buy what's right? <laughs> Actually, Bravo. three out of we six. We need to subtract yeah. the ones that are wrong. So <laughs> does that zero everyone out? <laughs> three out of six is actually pretty good for one of Brad's yeah. quizzes. And yeah. Johnny, should... Johnny, what does well, Jose and win? All, like chamber music. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 
That concludes this edition of Toledo Symphony Lab Match Game. <laughs> and our winner is uh, Jose Martinez. Jose, tell us a little about uh, about yourself. Um, I'm a high school student, uh, senior. I play the cello with my uh, school's orchestra, and I am pursuing composition with an emphasis in arts administration. Excellent, Jose. And you are also the winner of uh, Match Game today yes. on Toledo Symphony Lab. <laughs> Please make sure to add that to your resume. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it has to go on the resume. So let's go back to this uh, chamber concert that's coming up. I mean, we had a little fun, but uh, we heard that little snippet of that Mahler uh, piano uh, quartet. Is it a quartet? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Piano quartet. And it really does sound symphonic. It has kind of those big, broad strokes to it. The way uh, it starts, it's just like one of those mists. The piano is just hitting these chords, mm-hmm. and you just want to know where is this going? You know, it's definitely yeah. telling a story. And then when the when the strings come in, I just kind of lose my mind. Um, well, this brings up an interesting point about the idea that some composers, even when they're writing chamber music, are basically symphonic composers, right? Do you, you think mm-hmm. Mahler falls into that category? Well, I think Mahler so was so defined by his symphonies and this sense that he was kind of trying to create a unique sound world for every single one of his symphonies. And I think that in that sense, this piano quartet does fall into that. Immediately, you're getting this sense of atmosphere. Um, it's a fairly young piece for Mahler. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, no. I think there's there's things he's trying out that ultimately you'll you'll hear those gestures late, you know, next next week. Yeah. <laughs> you'll hear those gestures. <laughs> but I think that... Um, I would say that there's just not enough chamber music by yeah. Mahler to really be able to say that this is something that he does in chamber yeah. music. Yeah, we can't really overemphasize it. It would be kind of dangerous to do so. It's it's nice that we have it, but we can't say that this evokes any style. It's way too way too early and and well, too few data points. It was kind of like a a sandbox for him, where he was working out some ideas and trying out some things that in, in a a genre that he knew would get performed at least that he'd have a much better chance. I don't, I, I still feel like this sounds more like Brahms and it sounds like Mahler. I mean, Mahler just, yeah. he went in such different directions from here. Um, it's, just, it's, it's way too early to say, Yeah, that's just my feeling. It's, what it's what about piece. Brahms as a chamber composer? I mean, he was a pianist, so that lends a lot more into it. And he wrote some beautiful songs and things like that. But, well, I think that one of the things that's really interesting is that, this Brahms piano quintet has often been compared to a symphony. Mm-hmm. It's it feels extraordinarily vast in scope, and there's this sort of the very beginning of it has this assertiveness of purpose. Mm-hmm. I am writing something capital I important, and this is going to take a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you hear that first theme, you know this is not going to be a five minute piece. And can you I, sing the first theme? I just jog my memory. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. I needed to. I listened to it this weekend, but I couldn't. Ask for it, you got it. Hey, <laughs> wow. I, I actually I don't have a kazoo with me. Could I do this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm put a quarter in the jukebox. Sorry. I'm just going to take that singing you just did and make that my ringtone. That was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I, I'm I have speechless. a recording of it. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my soundboard. I'm sorry. What were you yeah, talking sorry. about? I, I, I got completely lost. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I think... Oh, no. Wait, we... This is going to we be the, the theme of nightmares. <laughs> nightmares, yeah. 
But one of the things that what actually a piece that Zach and I have talked about quite a bit is mm. that Brahms Opus Twenty Five Piano Quartet, which actually has been orchestrated mm. by of all people Arnold Schoenberg to mm-hmm. amazing effect. Because mm-hmm. I think mm. of the composers of the major composers, I think Brahms's intersection between symphonic and chamber is very vast. His chamber works have a symphonic scope. His symphonic works can often feel like chamber music. And so like two piano transcriptions of a Brahms symphony are possible Mm -hmm. and make perfect sense. Yeah. Where does this particular quintet fall in in Brahms' uh, oeuvre? Is it like before you did the first symphony or finished the first symphony? Is it an early work? It is early middle, like yeah. so in his opus thirties, opus thirty-four, if I thirty-four. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. So that would be before it. I think it if you if some if somebody created an orchestrated version of this and said this was Brahms's fake first symphony, I think you would buy it. Yeah. It's it does it does feel symphonic, but ultimately he made an even more dramatic statement with the opening of his first well, symphony. Well and you know, it took him 20 years to put mm-hmm. that first symphony together because, you know, as the story goes, he was laboring under the shadow of Beethoven. Yeah. I mean, he took that symphonic expression very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. His second symphony came, like, super fast after that once he, once he, you know, broke down the dam or whatever it was. But it had to have been in his mind at the time when he was writing this chamber music, looking forward to the symphony, the first symphony mm-hmm. that, you know, he was going to create or was creating. Well, there's extraordinary um, letters, correspondence between Brahms and Clara Schumann about this particular piece and different versions that he was creating of it before ultimately settling on the um, piano quintet. Hmm. She she was a little dismissive of it, the, of the form, because originally it was a sonata, I think, right? I I can't remember which um, which version came first. So I think because yeah. I think about it that she said, eh, "It's not really a sonata, there, Joe." So then uh, when he goes, she to called write, him Joe, huh? Yeah, when she when <laughs> when he goes to write his first symphony, and that's what we know is his first piano concerto. She said, eh, "It's not really a symphony." So you know, she was kind of his muse, but also his greatest <laughs> critic. It's like not there yet, Joe. Sometimes <laughs> those are the same thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about the whole Toledo Club experience because most people are used to going to see the the symphony well people who go to the 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 classics concerts and what have you to seeing it in the larger venues but toledo club being more intimate i mean there can you eat can you drink during the concerts yeah there are little cheese plates and glasses of wine there's a bar Mm -hmm. yeah and that's just for the musicians (laughs) (laughs) during the concert (laughs) nice well i think merwin had mentioned earlier that um some of the chamber works sound as big and grand as um, symphonic works. And I think that has, um, it's some part due to like the location of it because chamber works uh, in the past in, um, you know, Western Europe and even in America, they were performed like in homes in parlors as Mm. kind of like, you know, after dinner entertainment and um, having it in a smaller venue definitely amplifies the sound a lot. And you're sitting so much closer to the musicians that yeah. it does provide a much more intimate experience that, um, you know, sometimes you don't get when you sit further away at, mm-hmm. you know, a classics concert, yeah. for instance. I just love watching the unspoken dialogue, you know, and you're watching musicians and their eyes are on each other so intently. Mm-hmm. And their eyebrows can be communicating things to each uh-huh. other, and their their jaw lines can be showing uh, aggression or something like that. There's there's so much more dialogue that you can feel like you're part of, and 
this is a great antidote to those who attend a full orchestral concert and say, are they even watching the conductor? Uh-huh. What's going on? They don't even seem to be talking to each other. Then you realize in the chamber setting how much they are. Yeah. And it's, it's palpable and it's really exciting to be part of. The concert is this Sunday, uh, April 29th at 7 o'clock p.m. That's at the Toledo Club in downtown Toledo. Last chamber concert of the season, music of Bernstein, Mahler, and Brahms. You can get your tickets at 419-246-8000. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org slash lab or subscribing on Apple Podcasts and on Google Play. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, Felicia Canny, as well as Jose Martinez. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.